What do I define about growing up? You know what I'm saying? Like feeling better, living better, better location. What he failed to tell you was when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, you know, respond. Are you kidding me? Who are you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for um everybody black. Betting on black tonight. I'm sorry for the realness. Hey everybody, it's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com and on this episode of Network and Spill, we are doing a hashtag how did we meet and I've got a good friend on the line here all the way from California and you guys know I'm in California semi-frequently. I'm on the East Coast right now, so I'm going to soak up all of the California vibes via Zoom right now because I miss it so, so, so much. Um, I feel like I've known this guest for a long time. But let's get into that, shall we? Let's get right into it. So I have on the line with me, Jaressa Blunt, and she is a journalist. She's an author. She's written a book, which is kind of amazing. Um, She is a new startup founder, which I'm obsessed with right now. We're totally going to talk about that. I also have a backstory that we're going to get into. Um, And, you know, she does a lot of other cool things. She loves to go out. She loves to do fun stuff with her friends. She's very active um, in the LA area and I guess worldwide, right? So please welcome Teresa. Thank you for being on on the show today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited about this. Yay. Yay. <laughs> it's it's fun. It's nerve-wracking to like get on the line on video when it's recorded, but it is so much fun to connect. So I'm glad we were able to figure out yeah. a time. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of Cali vibes, you're not missing much because it's been very gloomy lately. So we are suffering from not having sun. Yes. <laughs> Same. Same. It's funny. Well, it's not funny. It's actually really sad. They said on the news last week here in the D.C. area that we have had like 17 or 18 Fridays so far, I guess, in the year. Um, and like all of them, minus two, have been rainy. Wow. All of them. Can you imagine? Can you like that's what I'm dealing with right here. So it may be it may be cloudy and kind of weird right now, but let me tell you, it, it, it's not just that's just one day of the week. Like let's look at there's seven days of the week. Like that kind of math, it frightens me. I had to buy a happy lamp when I came back to um Virginia. Yeah. So like oh, in the morning, wow. I literally have this lamp and it just like glares in my face and blinds me to give me like this whatever the I use or the I don't know what they're called, the UV things. And you try to like, I need sunshine. I need, I'm taking D3. It's, it's been rough. So I'm excited to, to have the Cali vibes. I am. I need it. All right. All right. I'll give it to you. I'll <laughs> give it to you. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let's get back on topic. So um, tell me, okay, wait, do you remember how we met? Let's talk I about do. that. Okay. Tell me. I do. So we met at this event. Um, through one of our mutual friends, she was doing a launch party for her event, um, for her company at, on the CBS lot. That's how we met. We connected and like, we kind of ran with it from that. So that was interesting, right? I, cause I love doing that. I love when I meet someone and then it's just like, keeps on, you know, running. So I remember. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. So I actually had Shandria on the show. Was it a month, two two months ago, recently. I had her on the show not too long ago. She is doing big things. If you did not listen to that episode, it was a How Did We Meet episode with Shandria Brownlow from Shandria TV. So make sure you're following her. She's, when I had her on the show, I think her show was broadcasting in like nine or 19 cities and she's gotten way more since then. So definitely check her out and her show and see if she's airing in your city now. Cause if she wasn't before, she might be now. Like that's how much she's been doing and growing and and yeah so shout out to Shandria. Um yeah we met that day and it was so fun. That was a really cool event that she had. Yes. And I was I literally drove from San Diego to LA to attend. Yes, yeah. That's right. I remember you did say that. I remember that. Yes. Yes. I did. Wow. Yeah, it's fun. That's so cool. And CBS was cool, right? We got to go like on the actual property for CBS. Um, it was really, I felt very like VIP, just rolling up, talking to the guy and he gave me a little map and then I had to. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It was, it was, it was a really great event. She had a lot of people come, but I'm really glad that we were able to connect. Me too. Me too. Okay. So after we connected, I don't remember what year that was, but 
I was in San Diego for a bit and then we just were kind of remotely communicating and following each other on the gram and on Facebook, I think. And then you dropped a book. I did. Yeah. 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 So tell us about the book. I want to hear, I want people to hear about it as well. Sure. Well, so the book is called I Chose Hashtag I Chose Me Coming Back from Heartbreak and Other Bad Relationships. Um, I did that book. The primary reason, honestly, is because I wanted to do speaking engagements. And so I kept researching all of these people that were speaking all over the world and on panels, conferences, podcasts, etc. And what the common thread was. They had a book and I was like, oh, so now I have to book. And luckily there was a story (laughs) that I was able to tell. So the book is about how do you tackle toxic relationships? And it's not just romantic. I know it sounds like it is, but I'm really talking about romance, your relationships with your parentals. For me, it was my dad, Um, your work environment, especially when it comes to women. And most importantly, which is a topic I love to talk about, your friendships. How, how do you recognize when something is no longer serving you? And then how can you move beyond that to, you know, to create healthy relationships? It's so important to have healthy relationships in every aspect of your life. Because if you don't, it could either hold you back from being who you're supposed to be, which is what I found. Um, I ended a seven-year friendship, and it was literally like I soared after that. Um, so, yeah, that that's what the book is about. And then I did a year of promoting it. I would go to different cities, did a book tour, and it was really great. Yeah, it was fun seeing you traveling and and talking about it and all of that. It's been it's been fun to watch you on this journey that you're on. I, I kind of joined whenever I joined, but it's been it, you still see people progressing and moving and and how their life kind of unfolds month after month and year after year. So um, it's really cool. It's always cool to see that. I've had a few friends write books, and it's always fun to see people writing books and taking the time to tell their story, uh, whether it's you know fiction book or nonfiction book. I think it's I think it's amazing because I love reading and I love writing too, but I really, I think I like reading more. Would you say you like reading more? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And I write all the time, but absolutely. I read, I consume so much on a daily basis and it's not necessarily a book, but I, I love reading blogs. I love reading even Instagram posts that I feel like would be helpful for me. I just consume so much information. Um, I've always been wired that way. So it's important for me to have quality things that I'm putting in my mind all the time. Me too. And I think a lot of people are like that. I think a lot of people that are listening are like that. We just crave that. I mean, because I liked being in school. I liked learning. I liked reading. And even though obviously some of the stuff that they made us do is bullshit and boring and dry and super like, you know, all the Caucasian books we had to read. And it was like, at some time you still, you, it changes because you get to choose what you read. You get to choose what you're consuming. And I think it's important to choose shit that uplifts you and that inspires you and that feeds you in a really positive way because there's enough trash out there. There's, I mean, it's easy to find that. Um, there's a lot of drama out there and the reality TV crap. I mean, it's, it's, and that makes you feel like crap. So mm-hmm. I'm with you. The more I can read and learn, the better. Um, yeah. Okay, so... I also want to talk a little bit about, okay, so as a backstory here, this is so cool. I just realized a couple of days ago, or maybe it was a week ago, you know how when you're on Instagram, you get the notification that so-and-so is going live. I got a notification. I was sitting at my desk working or pretending to work, whatever. And I got the notification and it was like, Jaressa is going live and she doesn't go live. So I click on it. Yeah, you don't go live. I'm like, something told me to click on it immediately. So I click it and I see you going live with this guy. And I'm like, what? is going on. And it was like, you were pitching something to him and, or it was like a, a question he was asking you about a startup company. And I'm sitting here watching and I'm completely enthralled. I'm like, okay, what the hell is this? What is going on? Cause it seemed like he was questioning you. 
And when I first joined, and then I realized he had asked you, what would you do with X amount of money if you were like the CEO of this company and you were, you were in the hot seat and you were telling him how you would divvy up the funds and who you would hire and what you would do and what you would focus on. I was like, what? It was so cool. So tell me about that. Oh my God. That's so funny. Wait, I didn't even know that you had saw that. Yeah, I saw it and I commented. I was like, hire her. And then I said something else. And then I was giving likes and stuff like that. Everybody that was in the chat was impressed too. You know, because I couldn't see the comments and I try to go back. So I, so I was interested, right? So this guy, um, someone just introduced me to him about two weeks prior and I had been watching other people pitch and it's really something that I'm passionate about on both sides. One as a startup founder and two, as someone who works in, in tech as a journalist, I'm always aware that I feel like black and brown people don't have the tools and don't have the knowledge to move ahead with their business. And so I had been watching these people pitch. And so when he opened up, you know, the live for people to pitch and I'm like, I want to do it because one, I need to practice. And two, actually, I think I'm a great candidate to pitch. And so his question was, yeah, what would you do with $500,000? And I honestly, thought I did a really great job. And for me, I was thinking hire women, honestly, hire, I mean, to be quite honest, black women, because we're really great entrepreneurs. I know, you know, everyone knows the statistics about us being the largest entrepreneurial group, but we also don't get funding, right? And that's where that divide comes, where we're not knowledgeable about things like pitching and things about allocating and how to run a business. But if we could get those tools, if we could get the opportunity, man, we could really take over this world because we're so creative. We know about hardship, right? Like most Black women do. And when you're thinking about a founder, you need someone who's got some skin in a game. And it might, they may not have you know, been CEO of a company, but they know about losing thousands of dollars and having to rebuild and having to build their business off of whatever money, off of $500 or off of, you know, $800. I've seen that story a few times. We know how to make something out of nothing. And so for me, as I was watching these wonderful men pitch, Black men pitch, I'm an advocate for that too. I wanted to put my voice in the pot. We are smart. We are strong and, and, and we are creative and we need more people to continue to invest in us because our ideas are golden. I mean, I see so many things running around Instagram. It could be, I think there's one company I saw where they had, and this is small, but like matching do-rags to a woman's hair bonnet. It sounds, it sounds silly, but we are so freaking creative Like, if people would pay more attention to us, I just, I mean, I just think Black women are phenomenal when it comes to entrepreneurship. So it was a great um, exercise for me to do that pitch. Yeah, it was really cool to watch you do it, too, because your brain was going. I saw you. It was like that. Have you seen the meme with the guy from The Hangover and they're all the numbers? And like, yeah, like I felt like I was literally watching you do that um, yeah. on the IG Live. It was it was really cool. So I agree. I absolutely agree. I think Black women are very talented. We're slept on all of the time. And then, you know, when we're not being slept on and we are being paid attention to, someone comes and swoops in and typically steals either the, the shine, the idea the business plan, et cetera, and then takes it and makes it work. So um, it is pretty fucked up. I mean, when you really look at it and I've read books on it, there was a really popular book talking about it. Um, and I, I'll have to find it because I think about it a lot. I think it was a Netflix special or a TED talk. I think it may have been a mm. TED talk where this person referred to that book, or maybe they wrote that book, but they were talking about how, you know, over time entrepreneurs of color, especially black entrepreneurs were constantly shut down. And there was like literally no way to win and why there are so many Asian stores in the hood, whether it's an alcohol, Mm -hmm. beverage, you know, store, liquor store, or 
the beauty supply shops. Like there's reasons behind that. It's not that black people can't run beauty supply shops. We're the ones funding half of that shit, right? We're paying for all the hair. Nobody cares about their hair more than a black woman. So why are Asian people, you know what I mean? That to me doesn't make any sense. And if you think it's because black women don't know how to run businesses, you are very, very mistaken. I mean, there's, there's a reason why, and it's just really messed up and it makes me really sad. So whenever I see black women in business who are trying and you see, you can tell the difference between somebody who's trying and who's just kind of winging it or just out here, like not really trying. You can tell, you can really tell by how she communicates, how she responds to people and comments and how she goes live and, and how she's putting herself out there. You can tell. And a lot of us are out here trying. And that's why we are, not only are we the top entrepreneurial group, we're also the top group, I think, graduating college or something, I think. Yep. And it's like, yo, we're out here getting it. You can't tell us shit. So I'm very excited to see things turn for our favor when we, I think we're, we're doing the whole buy black thing and the, um, you know, I'm rooting for everybody black. I'm hoping that that it really does catch on. And I know with all these companies getting, you know, boycotted and whatever, um, I'm hoping that it does, but I'm also hoping that we find and are connected to companies that are doing really big things and actually support them. You know, I try to make it an effort to really support now that I know how important it is to support my sisters in business and in service out here. It's, it makes, it makes a really big difference. It does. We definitely have to support and and also offer grace. You know, a lot of times when I'm, uh, you know, I'm in a couple of groups on Facebook, you know, around people who are entrepreneurs, sometimes we're so harsh on each other because, you know, it, you know, a brand isn't fashion over, you know, like, for example, the recent Nipsey, Nipsey Hustle with his marathon store, people are upset because they haven't gotten their merchandise, you know, over a month or two. And it's like, hey, guys, you got to understand, he didn't have a factory, right? He had people like making and, and it was a smaller team. So right. they weren't for this and they're hiring more people. It's like, we've got to learn how to really give grace and to also say, how can I help you? Right. How can I help you win? Because I want to see you win, you know? Um, we just have to do more of that. Yeah, it's hard. It's It's hard to be graceful because most people are so used to, you know, getting things that they want now and are used to a certain level of professionalism. And I think one thing that we as people of color need to do better of is, and this is just my opinion, I feel like we need to do more on the customer service and on showing up and keeping our word. Um, Because I will say when I've experienced certain black brands, whether it's beauty or, um, you know, what is it like this? I love buying online soaps. It's like <laughs> a sick obsession. I, I love soaps and lotions, like handmade, like I'm yeah. watching them. They go live and they make it. Um, and a lot of times you, you just don't get the same level of customer service. And so you have to, but sometimes you do. And so you have to have grace. I think it's important. And it's also important to, like you said, ask to see how you can help. And also you don't know what's going on. It's hard enough. I think as black women to just get by on a regular day, basis, right? On a regular basis. On top of that, most of us are side hustling. So this isn't our full-time job. So we're literally juggling. On top of that, most of us are caretakers. We have children. We have husbands. We have people looking to us for support and for things. So we don't always have the bandwidth. And we're trying to do this by ourselves because we're solopreneurs. Most of us are starting out as solopreneurs. And like you said, most of us aren't getting funding to get what we need in the first place. So if we really did have the funding to get the people, to get the help, to get the fast or whatever, then we would be fine, but we don't have it. And so we really navigating the system, right? That is completely flawed and not set up for us to win is, is the key. And then also trying our best to have, you know, leave our egos and our pride and the drama aside. And because the customer doesn't really care that you have 80 things going on or that you have back order or that you would much rather watch Netflix and hang out. Like they don't care. They paid the money. They want their shit. Like that's, that's the end of it. And I get that. So I think we have to also do a better job at just communicating and letting people know what's really good and, and being open and transparent. I think people like transparency. Clearly all the reality TV ratchetry, people like transparency. Uh, just keep it real. Yeah. If you tell someone, Hey, like, I'm going to do this or you're going to get this on X, Y, and Z date, or I've got this. You don't have to give me the sob story. Just like, what's, what's the, what's the bottom line here? Yeah. Right. Cool. Thank you. And we move on. But I've, I've seen a lot of people, um, 
struggling with that. So that's one thing that I think having somebody like you be able to come in and, and guide and then hire people, right, to fill those spots where we need, okay, cool. We need somebody for our brand ambassador. We need somebody for this. We need somebody for customer service. We need, that's going to be, I'm very much looking forward to seeing more people like you doing this work because I feel like we are fantastic managers of groups, you know, being able to delegate. I personally don't think anybody delegates better than black women. I I just don't think so. I can agree with you. I can agree. (laughs) I can agree. Have you seen that meme where the guy is sitting there with a like a, a lemonade stand and he has a sign and he's sitting there with his like cup and it's like, um, I think the meme that I saw was like, convince me that Panera doesn't taste like hospital food. And oh. he just had a sign, right? And he was just sitting there outside. Like at, that's to me, I would put convince me that black women aren't the best delegators. And I would just sit there and be like, please right. convince me. Like, I want you to tell me how we are not better delegators because we really like that's how firmly I I believe in it (laughs) absolutely there there are a lot of us that are out there we all want to be Beyonce we all want to put our name on stuff okay we all want to like run the show and we can and we can we just need the support we do and we don't have to be Beyonce and like that big I think a lot of us just want to be doing something that we don't hate you know I think absolutely that's, you know, I, I think, I think most of us would be cool with that. I mean, I don't think I want to gyrate on stage for how long did she do that, that homecoming? I still haven't seen it. Oh, it was two hours. Well, not, not that, but just like as a business woman, you know, yeah. like I think she's just such a great, I personally think she's a great business woman. Yeah. She's not afraid. I mean, she's not afraid to be like, no, my name is on this. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I know I have like a hundred people that worked on it, but it's Beyonce's home coming. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Her name is always on something. She's a great businesswoman. Yeah, I agree. And I yeah. love that she promotes working within the community. I mean, I love that. And I also love that that's pointed out and we talk about it. I think that mm-hmm. when she did Lemonade, that shit was a game changer. People so- did not understand how intensely important that one piece of work was. I had to school people left to right. I was like, yo, you don't, you just don't get it. This has never been done before, ever. It's never been done this way. And the way she did it, the way she brought in people of color, artists and designers and photographers. Didn't she do that for her Vogue cover too? When she had that, she was like, wasn't that her? She did. She had, um, I think his name is Tyler. He's Mm -hmm. a young photographer. So yeah, she did. She did. Cool She's very that? cognizant of it. And it's, it's, it's really important. It's important yeah. to have, and, and again, not just her, but anyone, anyone who finds themselves in rooms and in a position to hire, to open a door for someone. I just feel like I really do. It's an unspoken responsibility. I really feel that way. I know some people are like, no, they don't have to do that, you know, but I think that's what's wrong with our community. You should do that. Yeah. You should open the door. Absolutely. You should. Absolutely. Yeah. Because like how, how much quicker would you have been in your position had someone did that for you, you know? Yep. And yep. it's like, we keep, we keep each person. It's like, we keep starting over. You know what I mean? It's like, no, guys, like, I don't, I don't even need to be at a certain level to say, okay, here's an opportunity for you. You know, let's stop starting over. Let's stop having people, you know, run around, not, not able to get an open door when you could be the open door. I love that. I love that. That may be the clip that I use for my promotion for this episode. That was so good. Okay. So speaking on that and keeping that Mm -hmm. energy, I want to know when you talk about starting over, who has been, and I ask this question to everybody, um, you know, tell me about a time when networking changed your life, but I would love for you to answer that. And also tell me about a time when you were starting over and somebody put their hand out and like pulled you up and helped you get that kickstart while you were starting over? Gosh, because I feel like that has happened so much in my life. Um, Honestly, having someone open the door for me several times has allowed me to take massive steps. I, I don't think I've done anything 
on my own, that was a massive step. Um, one, one thing that I could talk about, and this was like, this is really God's doing. When I was doing my book tour and I was planning for the first kickoff event, there was a young lady, Belinda, um, who reached out to me on Instagram, who's also an author. And she was, she's based in Toronto. And she asked me if she could come and be part of my book launch event. And I said, absolutely, sure. She flew all the way from Toronto to LA to do the event. And while she was here, she stayed with me. While she was here, she said, I also am planning to go to an event in San Francisco. It's a women's event. And I had never been to San Francisco. So I was like, I want to go because I've always wanted to go. So rented a car, drove up to San Francisco. And I met... um, who is one of my dearest friends. Her name is Simone. And we went to, it was just a co-working um, hour where you go, you know, the women would come, they'd talk about their ideas. They'll talk about what things they're trying to overcome in their business. And through that relationship, I mean, I just can't, like, I've been introduced to so many people that have allowed me to really just move in so many powerful ways. She's introduced me to people. She's had me network with people and it all happens very quickly and very, and it's very unselfish. So it's just amazing that someone in Toronto came here to introduce me to someone that has changed my life. And that was the second city that I did my book launch because she said, sure, I'll, I'll find a space for you. And she did within like a day and it was booked. And I had my, I had two events there, I think, but I had my, my second book launch event there. Um, and now as I'm like in transition, like she's just been so helpful and FYI, she's not a black woman. She's a Brown woman. She's, um, Laotian, but she's not a black woman, but she opened the door. Um, and it's women like that who are just unselfish and who who will say yes and who will move very quickly on it. Those are the women you want to be around. They really are. Absolutely. That's so true. And it, it could be anyone. I think those kind of people, they're what make the world go round. I think they're the people that keep you going. You know, they are the batteries and that energizer bunny a lot of the time. Yeah. Because you're sitting there and you've seen that commercial. God, that's such an old commercial. But it's such a, a thing you see, right? You see the bunny. He's wearing his little pink and he's got the little thing on his back. And he's going and then all of a sudden he starts to slow down. And I think a lot of times we get to a point where we burn out. We slow down. Our batteries die. We're just like, yo, I can't. Or this isn't working. Or I really need this. Or I really want to do this and I just don't know how. Um, and those people just swoop in almost at the last minute and save the day. And, and, and sometimes they just recharge you you know, mm-hmm. to get to that next step or that next level. And once you get there, more magic happens. Um, those are the people, that's why I push networking so much. And I feel like in the black community, especially as women and business professionals, we're very, I've noticed, we're very apprehensive a lot of times to trust other women and to trust other people because we have been, you know, shitted on and, and just, we've had so many bad experiences and our parents told us to Is be Is that the reason... Whitney, is it? Because it's so annoying to me. It's one reason. I think it's, it's one. It's so annoying. I do think it's one. I think that's a big one. I think, you know, there are people who are jaded. There are people who are just naturally shy and introverted. There are people who have trust issues, like hardcore, and they just don't trust people. Um, there's a number of reasons why we do it. I just wish we would stop because it's freaking annoying and it keeps us from our blessings. And that, if that's the one thing that keeps us, it's ourselves. That's why I've like shifted my business. I started my business and my brand over again to specifically target people who were in that place where they are like, why isn't anything popping off? Why am I not where I'm supposed to be? Why is this not like, I have resources. I have the tools. I'm smart. I'm educated. Why am I not getting to the next level? Or how do I get over this particular issue? Because we're typically, I feel like, as a group, we're fairly confident, especially in our abilities, right? We know what the hell we're good at and we will tell you what we're good at and other people will vouch for us and we have zero qualms with it. However, in certain areas, we aren't as confident and those are the areas that we tend to slide under the rug and we hide. Um, And I also think that some people aren't willing to, they don't think that they have the bandwidth or the time or the energy or the space to help other people out. And so they don't 
even network or open that door because they're afraid that it's going to require, they're going to have to give more. And I think as black women, we give so much. It's like, bro, I don't have time. Like this is, I am maxed out on people who are knocking at my door for shit. I really don't have this space. And it's not to be negative. It's just like mentally we're done mentally we've, or physically we've like helped people. And we're like, we just need that. So I, I, I'm hoping that like you're helping startups. I'm hoping to help people shift that because it keeps us from, from having the Beyonce shit, right? Because we don't, we don't open our mouths. We don't open our doors enough. We don't speak up. We don't have the, there's a, I don't know. It's it's a layered, it's a layered issue. And I'm sure somebody just agrees with me, but I think, and if you do, I'd love to hear your comments in the, in the comment section, drop me a note or send me a voice note on Instagram and let me know how you feel. If, If this is, if you think this is totally wrong, or if you think there's another reason, I'd like to hear it. But that's that's kind of how I feel. Yeah, I would like to hear the reasons too, and because it is it's disheartening. As I've taken this, you know, dive into creating my own startup, you know, of course, the first people I'm going to reach out to are people that look like me, and it hasn't been easy. Mm-mm. Unfortunately, I hate to say that, and hopefully, this is the kitchen table, <laughs> but. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that's what I've seen. Yeah. Like women like me, black women are not as helpful as I would like or hope. Um, and then on the other side of it, what I've also been doing is, and I understand to be exhausted and, you know, when you're in a place to help people and to help their platform and people are constantly, constantly reaching out to you and you feel tired because you're pulled in certain different ways, find out a way to barter. That's what I've been doing lately. Okay, sure. Happy to help you. But guess what? I I actually need help in this too. Are you able to help me? Can we scratch each other's back? Can we help each other get to the next place instead of it being one-sided? Find a way to do that. You know, it's it's the same. It's it's no different in someone saying, you know, when you're looking for a mentor, find a way to be of service to them. Okay, well, if you're looking for someone to help you, exchange. Let it be an even, it might not be even, but let it be an exchange of help. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't think there is. Not at all. Not at all. I think you've got to give and take. It's karma, reciprocity, balanced reciprocity. It's very, very simple, right? You, You want, I think a lot of us want to be selfless and we want to give to give. And that's amazing and phenomenal. And we applaud that. But I also think that while you're giving, you should also be receiving. Um, and that's important. And I, I but I, I still, like you were saying, people aren't helpful. I also don't think people are available and maybe that's physically available and that's mentally available. Uh, maybe that's emotionally available. There's a lot of different availabilities, but I feel like a lot of us are tapped out. And so we have to reorganize and delegate more, say no more, have better boundaries. There's a lot of work that we have to do as women in order to have the space and the ability and the bandwidth to be able to give and receive and all of that. So I think that's that's work that I'm passionate about because I find it so interesting. But also it's because, like you said, it's a struggle that we've had, right? A lot of businesses are because somebody's do-rag didn't match their bonnet. And they were like, this sucks. I want to fix it, right? And so what the hell do they do? They fix it. And then it's a thing because guess what? There are other people out there who don't like having mixed match stuff. They just don't. My mom is like a super matcher. She loves to, everything has to match. I've never been that person, but like I get it and I appreciate it. However, when there's a problem, it's fun to be able to strategize and fix it. So um, I find that to be an issue. So I do want to go back to the startup part because I know we've talked about your book and we've talked about your events and, and whatnot, but I want to get into, I guess, how you, what you plan on doing with that now, like what are your immediate, so you've been pitching, you've been practicing, but what are your, I guess, next steps or some of the goals that you have? Okay, well, let me tell you a little bit about it. So the startup is called GoFly. It's an on-demand, same-day return and delivery service for fashion retailers. So what we do, we take items from store-to-door and from door-to-store so that you don't have to leave your house or you don't have to leave your job. You can get your items right away. 
where I am now is I am creating a marketing plan and just really educating people about the product. Um, I am planning to partner. I have one partner right now that I will be doing some events with, and I plan to just spread the word about GoFly up into the full launch. Right now, because we are based in LA, we are testing still in LA. We started testing, we did a short test in December. And so now we're testing the return part of it in addition to the delivery. So we're offering the service free as of now, just to get that feedback and understand the customer needs as well as the retailer. Wow, that sounds like a big undertaking. And huge. you've been doing this for, you said since, since December. So you're going to offer it and you're going to get that going. So where do you think you'll be this coming December? Well, I actually, so it started December 2017 is when I started taking baby oh, steps. Okay. Yeah, so so it's one of those things that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, I really... Um, and so it, it was, it's, this process is a little hard for me because I'm like, but you gotta, you know, you gotta celebrate the small wins. So I started December, 2017, taking steps. I was going to hire a developer and I had a friend, um, who stepped in and said, you need to take nine steps back. <laughs> so I had to do that. Last year, I did two accelerator programs that um, helped me kind of push the idea through to prototype. And so um, that was a lot of work as well, just doing customer personas, really like digging into the problem, how, how big of a problem it is, and um, taking little small pivots here and there. So by this December... My goal is to have some partnerships with some local stores in Los Angeles where we are the person that will be delivering and returning items for them. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. And isn't it cool to kind of, even though you realize you have to take nine steps back and kind of go back to the drawing board and like redo and then learn more and then grow. I will say that's really frustrating. Would you agree at times? The whole process is frustrating because (laughs) (laughs) the whole process is, well, because it's not, it's not something that's small. It really isn't. This is like a really huge undertaking. Um, I've met with several developers who are like, I can do this part, but you're going to need like a full team to get Mm -hmm. all of these functions done. Mm -hmm. And when you know that a product is so amazing and you want to put it out there and you want to do it quickly and you have to take all of these other steps is, is, is frustrating, but it's also part of the process, right? Mm-hmm. And you can never, ever, ever skip the process. Right. <laughs> and so um, as I take the process, I just learn more. So I just have to be patient. Yeah. And it is fun. Like you said, it's fun to learn. I think we agree, even though, you know, I have, it's taken me longer to do things that I wanted to do business-wise, mostly out of fear, not because of because I had mindset issues. That's why I talk so much about mindset is my mindset was shot. I really didn't know if I could do what I wanted to do. I saw other people doing it, but I was like, me? Really? Do that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, come on, they're doing it, but like, they're different. Like, I really thought that. And the fear of success was real. Even today, there are moments where I'm like, damn, what if I get, because I'll get PM'd, right? I'm, I'm more active on social media. I'll get PM'd a million times. I'm like, shit, this is a lot. Like, what if I can't juggle all this? What if I, and then I spiral. I'm like, well, maybe I'll just sit here and do nothing instead because it's overwhelming. Um, so I'm with you. I think, I think the whole process can be frustrating, but learning, it's so cool because then you know more shit. So when someone asks you something, you're like, mm-hmm, got the answer to that. I already know that. Been aware of this. Like you already, you have that under your belt already. So it really helps in general, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I felt, I felt confident doing that pitch on the live. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, I've already done these steps like yeah. so many times and it's the same steps over and over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Where would you, if you, cause you got to think about it. You have to do a budget. You have to have a financial model. You have to know how you're generating revenue. You have to know who is going to, who will be your first adopters? How are you going to reach them? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you're constantly tweaking those things over and over and over again. And so even when the business does launch, which 
I am hoping October, end of October, um, I'll still be tweaking because um, I have to do what my customer wants, right? Mm -hmm. And if they say this doesn't work, I can't be selfish in that and say, no, I don't want to do that. Right. Um, for the past like several months, I did not want to do returns. I did not want to do it. I was like, it's not sexy. I want to get my things same day. I don't care about returns. Well, voila, guess what? Returns is a $400 billion problem. Mm. You might want to deal with that. Yeah. That's a little bit more compelling right now for retailers. And there's nobody in that space. And I, I think at least six times by the sixth person who said you should do returns, I finally, finally said, okay, I'm doing returns. <laughs> right? Because it's not about me. It's right. not about me. It's about the customer. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And I, I love that. Sometimes I think for people listening who aren't in the startup space, um, they're going to relate hopefully to that in the sense that sometimes you hear something multiple times and you're like super against it until you repeatedly see that or you repeatedly get, you know, PM'd by that person or you repeatedly get that email or you see that one commercial or whatever, that one car, you see things on repeat. That's a sign. That is a sign typically in the right direction. I think sometimes it's we're, we're hyper fixating on stuff, but a lot of the time it's, I think, being us being led in a certain direction. And if we ignore it, then we're doing ourselves and maybe even our business or our careers or our health or, our, you know what I mean? On, 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 the, we're just, we're not doing ourselves a good service. And I think the, I think I saw a quote on this too, where it was like, how many of you been walking around with your maintenance light on with, within your body? And I was oh. like, Ooh, wow. okay. Right. Like think about that. Like a lot of us around yeah. here, we know we need to be doing X, Y, and Z but how many of us are actually making the move in that direction? So we'll get the knock saying, hey, you know, your back is weird or hey, I think you may have done this or you overextended this or you, you know, this is going wrong. And we ignore it until it starts screaming at us. So I'm hoping that people listening will take will take heed. And if there is something, and you know, there's something, because if I said this and, you, and something pops up, that's the thing, right? Yeah. You hear that? That's the thing you need to do or consider or consult with someone on. That's the thing. And so just do it. The second thing I wanted to say is um, I recently had for my April spotlight, I've been doing spotlights now. It's really fun. And it was a group called Black Women Talk Tech. And they do a ton of work around startups and tech stuff and apps, you know, building apps. And there's a lot of developers too. So um, I did speak to a couple of them a couple of weeks ago, because it was recently April, but I would be more than happy to connect you with some of them. And they have a podcast show too called Black Women Talk Tech that they just started and they just did their first season. And it's pretty, it's only like, I think 30 minutes an episode and it's like oh, wow. eight. I think they only have like eight or nine. They've less than 10, I think, episodes for their first season. So I'm kind of plugging them because I appreciate the work that they're doing. They have an event. I think it's going to be in Las Vegas. And I think the link is in the show notes from that episode. Yeah, they're having this. So they started such a cool story. They started with like a super small, they didn't think they were going to be able to fill a room of 15 people. And they wow. had like five, it was like 300, or five, they had like 300 or 500 people apply. And they were like, oh shit, right, right. So then they had to go and like refigure it out. They were able to cram a bunch of women into this room. And then every year it's been growing and like double in size every single time. And so this next event is, um, I think it's going to be in Las Vegas. So I'm totally, if you decide to go, I'm totally down. But they have apparently a ton of resources for getting people funded and connecting people. And there's, they're all techie. They're all tech women. Most of them are t- women in tech. So they do that, you know, startup stuff with like really te- like technical beyond on the other side of what I've been doing in tech for my entire career. It's completely mm-hmm. different, but it's really cool. So I'll, I'll link That's you up amazing. with them. Right? I think they're yes. based in New York. I think they're in Brooklyn, but they're um, they're apparently opening offices all over the country, or like spaces all over the country. I think that's what they said. So I'm gonna look into. It. I've heard of them because um, I knew they had a, an event this year. I think around February or March. Um, I yeah, I didn't know they had a new one, a new event coming up. So I would love to catch that. So I'm gonna yeah. definitely look into that. Yeah, they're pretty cool. I think the Las Vegas event may be next year's, but they do like this annual event and then they have like meetups and stuff, but it looks like they're trying to expand and help women. And, but I really think that they have something big happening and that, you know, that would be a a good group for you to be involved with, at least just to see what's going on. And then obviously if you keep, you know, if you keep doing 
startup stuff, especially that need tech, you will have this database of incredible women that you can reach out to who hopefully are nice and helpful and available. They will be. I actually <laughs> find tech women. I find people in tech to You're be right. pretty helpful. You're right. I do. We're really nerdy. We're really nerdy and kind of sometimes, you know, quiet and shy, but we know our shit. And that's the best part about it is that we are diligent and we are focused and we know what the hell we're talking about. And we've done our research because we actually like to do the research. So yeah, (laughs) it's so cool. Anyway, anyway, I digress. So um, I do want to talk about really for for you, where you need support, how people listening can support you or how they can, you know, show up for you if you want them to add you. Um, what's your social media handle on IG? At, it's at Jerisa B, J-O-R-E-S-A-B is in boy. And that's yeah. on everything, Twitter, Instagram, and you can find me on Facebook. Yeah. As well. Okay, cool. So they can add you and they'll add you hopefully like now while they're thinking about it. But what do you need support with right now? You know, if you are in LA <laughs> and you feel like you want to test out GoFly, please go to gofly.com, sign up um, for our newsletter. And, you know, there's also a space where you can sign up for our concierge service and we will get back to you. So try us out. Let me test. Let me pick up your things, deliver them for you, and give us the feedback on it. So, that's, that's, you know, that's the biggest part right now that I need help with. Perfect. And I, I, what I love here is it's so interesting to me, and I hope people take this as a takeaway, is that you never know what people in your social circle need help with or how you can support. And one thing that I've been trying to do more of is really just asking people how I can support them, how I can show up for them. And it has been huge. I was taught a couple of years ago that you've got to engage. Social media is about engagement. So you have to actually be social. And it sounds stupid because you're like, well, duh. But it's, it's really not as creators or as influencers or as entrepreneurs, we're constantly putting shit out there, right? We're creating things, we're posting things, we're showing up online. But a lot of us aren't engaging. We're not showing up for other people and supporting other people. And once I learned from that person that you need to do that, you need to show up for other people. Because this is her name is Michelle, and she supports the hell out of people in her circle. Like if you go live, she joins that live. She comments. She's funny. She'll share it out with friends. She's that person, and she taught me how to do that for other people. And I will. I'll be honest. It's changed how I, how I do a lot of things. It's changed how I look at business, how I look at social media. Um, you, you learn to take a step back, um, and ask. And so I, if you're listening to this, I'm hoping that you'll reach out to at least one person, you know, and be like, Hey, like, what do you need? And I know a lot of people are going to be skeptical. Like, what do you mean? What do I need? What do you want? And that's not, you have to try to finesse it so that they, it seems genuine, right? Because it is genuine. You generally just know, like, what do you, do you need me to, and maybe it's your spouse. Do you need me to like clean something up? Or do you want me to take you out for lunch this week? Or do you want me to help with this? Or how can I, do you need me to take your car to get the oil changed? Like, what do you need? How can I support you? Do you need me to share your book? Do you need me to show up to your event or buy a ticket or tell my friends? It's that kind of stuff now that like, it lights me up when my friends are like, hey, like showing up, they show up to my live or they share my stuff or they RSVP to my events. Like that's the kind of stuff that I get pumped up about. And that's, I think, how we can all make a step to be more available and open to people in our social circle. So I will absolutely be telling my friends. I interviewed two well, technically three, but I interviewed Asha from the Free Black Women's Library. Amazing. Wow. Oh my God. I love her so much. Amazing. Was, yeah, I don't, I've never met her in life. I don't really, really know her, but we talked, she was on the show and she's doing such cool stuff. And so whenever I see her stuff, I try to, um, so I'm wondering if maybe they would be interested in doing and signing up for the newsletter and getting involved and you guys can sort of promote each other in LA. So all of my LA peeps, I try to keep, you know, included in, in what each other is doing just because, you know, sometimes it feels like no one is supporting you. <laughs> you know, you're just on this little island chilling, but like also stressed. is very lonely for sure. It is. It is. All right. Well, I am. Um, is there anything else you want me to add? What else? Is there anything else that's pressing you didn't get to say? Um, no, nothing to add, but okay. I guess I do have something to add. <laughs> okay. 
just a little encouragement for anyone who is starting a business um, or starting a project. Maybe it's a podcast like yours. Maybe it's a book. Maybe it's a blog. Maybe it's whatever it is. Um, just know, again, like we talked about, there is a process. Um, find one or two people who can support you. It doesn't it doesn't have to look a certain way, but just someone that you can, you know, talk about ideas with, talk about strategy with, and try to surround yourself around other entrepreneurs as well who are going through the process. It is worth it. It is, you know, definitely hard. It can be challenging, but it is always worth it because like you said, I think we're just in an age where we can have the life that we want. We don't have to work a job that we hate, but it may come with some really hard work to get there and it's worth it in the end. So totally keep going. Yeah. Love that. Cool. Yes. I'm glad you left that little bit of inspiration. I'm glad you put that in there because that's super, super, super important. And I know this will help somebody. And if you know somebody that this would help, absolutely share this episode out with them and make sure you're subscribed and you're following us on social media. My handles are at Network and Spill for the podcast and at Whitney Danielle Coaching for my coaching. And we've got Dresa. She is J-O-R-E-S-A-B as in Boy Bell, Bell, Beta, Boston. Um, And you can find us on social media. So absolutely connect with us. And if you disagree with anything that we said, or you think that we're wrong, I want to know. So definitely hit up the comment section. If you go to Network and Spill and you click on the episode, right? This episode, you scroll down or I guess scroll up, whatever. You go to the bottom and type in, you can type in an actual comment and leave us feedback or you can DM us, but uh, we would love to hear what you guys have to say. I think I might do an episode on like black women and networking, like specifically and how we can do better. I would love, to, I would love to have a panel. I could talk about this shit all day. And I think you could too, right? We've got so much experience yeah. and, um, and information, but we're all doing our best. So let's keep doing our best and showing up for each other in the best way that we can. And um, Teresa, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. I love it. Thank you for having this platform and um, just helping women talk about different things that are going on in our lives. So thank you. I'm glad we met. (laughs) Me too. Me too. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you come back next Thursday for a new episode. Network and Spill, we appreciate you and we'll talk soon. Cheers. Bye.